0: inverse genius episode 72 Fortnightly goats and groceries club in this episode eric and don talk about things they've done before but they also talk about the thursday murder club aldi thor love and thunder and a whole bunch of other stuff hey if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us you can go to patreon.com obg everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs which we appreciate thanks
1: Welcome to another episode of the inverse genius fortnightly today it is just me donald dennis uh you may find me all over the internet as well as with my best buddy eric dewey hey eric hey you can find me at (laughs) Ericdewey.com. (laughs) woohoo (laughs) woohoo and uh we're gonna do it fast and casual today which may also mean that i'm giving it a light hand on editing so uh yeah there's that that's exciting and fun hey eric is there anything that
0: we've talked about before that you're excited about well, yes, as a matter of fact, there is. Um, you know, in our previous episode, we talked about Kerbal Space Program, the game. Mm-hmm. And I've had it on my computer for, or on my Steam library forever. So I finally thought, all right, I'll break it out. Let's play with it. So I broke Hooray. it out, and I'm playing with it. And it's interesting, but I want to say something right off the bat. So I am still going through the training missions. And for some reason, the training missions are broken. Um, like there's one where you're building a rocket and the the nozzle that you need, the engine you need, is just not there. Uh, And doing some research, it has to do with the fact that they've patched the game since the tutorials came out and that sort of broke the tutorials, but there's workarounds around it. Um, So that was was a little bit disappointing because the game itself, I mean, there's a lot to learn. And the tutorials, which strike me as being added sometime in the middle of development and then never touched again, uh, hmm. <laughs> leave, leave a bit to be desired. So, um, you know, it's still the same game. It's still pretty fun, but it just makes the learning curve a wee bit steeper. But I just wanted listeners to know if they're going to do the same thing that I did. There are some of these lessons that are broken and you'll have to check the internet for some workarounds.
1: That sounds like something definitely to be aware of because, uh, otherwise I find it to be a very stable and solid platform, but yeah, if they added something and then didn't look back, that's probably something they should address, but I guess they're doing that with Kerbal too. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that, yeah, they're done with development for Kerbal. Um, it, it really felt like, oh, we really need to put a tutorial in here. And so they did it and then they moved on and just never looked back, you know, uh, that's so, fair. As I mentioned, I'm still just going through tutorials. I have successfully through the tutorial launched a rocket into space and brought it back. So that was pretty ah, good. Hooray. I don't think I could do it on my own just from scratch. But anyway, it is cute. And That's is what the tutorials
1: are for. Well, cool. I, I want to talk real quick. Miss Marvel just wrapped up, and we mentioned it on a previous episode. And I have to say that that the overall show I loved, loved, loved. I loved the character interactions. I loved sort of a new exploration of power. I liked the last episode was pretty phenomenal and sort of a home alone versus the, um, I C E agents equivalent or whatever it was. Um, it was great. The enforcement of rules and, and, and what powers can do was somewhat slipshod and the motivation of the previous bad guys that you get for like the middle three episodes was pretty arbitrary and I don't know why they made the turns that they did, but besides that, I absolutely loved the show. I thought it was a success on so many levels, and it was nice to see sort of a different way to resolve things and uh, exposure to a whole new culture that people might not be a terribly well aware of here in uh, white bread America, you know.
0: Yeah. So, have you watched Miss Marvel yet? I haven't. We just finished Moon Knight. And so probably going to attack Ms. Marvel. Um, I have some concerns with just like what they did with their powers and things like that is a little disappointing to me. So I don't know. We'll have to watch it and see. So
1: something to keep in mind is that uh, for all of the Marvel movies and TV shows and whatnot is that they have to make changes if for no other reason than just for the format and the medium in which they're producing it. So there is stuff that looks good on comics that would never look good uh, in a live action thing, right? And might look good in animated. And and so I think that there's things that they do, and for example, you watch Moon Knight, where they could draw each person's words for the different people who are inhabiting Moon Knight, you know, with different types of letters and stuff to get the idea, hey, this is this is a different thing, but what they had the actor do was give different accents to them and and, and different way to hold themselves that doesn't necessarily come across in comics. Because they have to rework uh, things to make it make better sense when people are watching it. And that's sort of what they did with Miss Marvel. And I thought it worked spectacularly well
0: so that everything didn't look sort of like a wet noodle flopping about. It could be. It could be. I got to be honest with you. At this point, I go into any Marvel series with hesitancy because uh, I, I have found that they can be pretty hit or miss. Uh, well, I take that back. They're not good at concluding successfully, right? <laughs> like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought, did a pretty good job. was a nice contained story. WandaVision was like full of excitement and then disappointment at the end. Loki, I had the same thing. It was full of excitement and then disappointment at the end. And I'm still frustrated that everything that happened at the end of Loki still has had no impact on anything else.
1: I could not disagree with you more and Seriously. still be friends. Um, yeah, no, I think that the the if you understand the way that, that they're playing with time in Loki, either it all had effect all along or it never has to have effect or they'll deal with it when they want to. And you can sort of wash your hands of the whole thing,
0: but it because doesn't it's give not a like satisfactory th- closing
1: though. It's not closed. There's going to be a whole new season and that's where they'll, they'll have the chance to deal with it. It's not at all like with the Eternals where they had the giant head and hand popping out of the crust of the earth that no one has mentioned in either one of the movies that we have seen. That you go, this is something that they have to deal with because it's a present and visual issue. Uh, Which even that, I'm willing to give them a pass on because they got a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, Perhaps.
0: They just don't seem to be all working on the same project. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. What'd you like best about it? So they did such a great job of messing with your perception of what is actually going on. Without being mm-hmm. annoying, you know, Inception level kind of stuff, <laughs> which I did like Inception. But oh, and Marvel, which doesn't more often than not doesn't, uh, did a great job with the villain. I thought Ethan Hawke did just a mm-hmm. phenomenal job with that character. Um, yes. And then when you start questioning what really happened and what didn't happen, and and oh, and I will say the battle of the gods at the end was actually pretty cool too. I liked the visuals of that when normally I wouldn't really expect it to be Hmm. so cool. So. Yeah. And I felt with Harrow
1: um, is the bat is the primary bad guy that you felt like there's story there. And that I mean, they didn't reveal everything that happened with him previously, but you did feel there was a depth of character where there was more stuff there. Whereas the elf in Thor two, Christopher Arkelson's character, (laughs) Um, you felt like there was there was not a whole lot there behind it, and I mean they did try and add more stuff for Ronan's backstory in the Captain Marvel movie and whatnot, yeah. but it didn't it didn't matter so much. It didn't matter. Um,
0: he was just a big unbeatable thing who's a bad guy because he's a bad guy.
1: But if you look at the uh, the latest one, Thor: Love and Thunder, they did a good job with that character, that bad guy. Yes. So I think they're doing better. So uh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll talk. I, go ahead. <laughs> we'll talk about Thor love and thunder later. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, that Marvel
0: is doing better. We'll just say that. that Not yeah, great, but better. Could be, could be. I, uh, I am excited to see she Hulk, see what she Hulk is going to be. It could be good. It could be yes. terrible. Uh, so we'll kind of see. Um, so yeah, uh, I can't I wait, guess. wait for the new Groot show to show up. Um, that'll be fun. Yeah. 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 For some reason, I was thinking Grew the Wanderer when you said that. And I was like, well, I haven't <gasps> heard about that. <laughs> if there was, I would be all in. No kidding.
1: Um, oh, so something else that we've talked about previously. I haven't had a chance
0: to watch it yet, but I'm really excited for the Only Murders in the Building uh, oh, second season. season two. Yes, we've watched all but the last two episodes. The last episode isn't out as of this recording. So my wife and I were like, well, let's wait till that one's out so we can binge both of them. <laughs> at once but uh, you know they, it is the, good the, as season one it is it is it's um, I'm trying to think at this point Amy and I have no c- clue who the murderer is because we can't think of who who would have done it uh, but they do a nice job of making the believability of that there's another murder in this building work <laughs> so mm-hmm, mm-hmm um uh, so yeah well i mean
1: you're in new york right so it's it, it could happen there's a lot of people in that building that is very true
0: and it's a building <laughs> of mysterious background too you get a little bit into the, the history of the arconia and and uh so yeah it works pretty well overall um we'll see how it ends we'll see how it resolves there was just nice. quite a little uh cliffhanger ending uh in the episode four so we're going to see how that mm-hmm. resolves. But uh, I am definitely enjoying it. I really like the, the play between the three characters and the Arconia itself as a character and, and the other people that live in it.
1: Nice. It, is, it was interesting to see in season one just how different each of the apartments was that they yes. had in that building. You know, Martin Short's place was so different from Steve Martin's. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and even Nathan Lane's and everybody else's.
1: Right, right, right. So um, I will say, uh, moving on to the next thing, is I talked about a lot about Star Trek TV previously, and I did manage to watch all of Picard since we last spoke, so, all of Picard season two. And I am so glad that I binged that all at once, you know, over the course of less than a week, because if I had to wait a week between episodes, I would have been so angry at that show. It... it um, they kept stalling out plot lines and it looks really like it was beaten up by pandemic. It's like, Oh, this was obviously supposed to be a crowd scene with lots of people. This was supposed to be blah, blah, blah. As it was, it was sort of an extended episode here on earth, uh, that kept going on and on and on in the end. I sort of liked it. Uh, but it was not, not my favorite of all the star Trek stuff I've seen lately, though. My favorite that I've been seeing really lately is star Trek, lower decks, which is the animated thing, which is a hoot and a holler. I'm still working my way through the last season of it. So, or whatever that is. Excellent. Well, Oh, something else I'm excited for from our childhood is arcade one up is putting out a cabinet for dragon's lair. Oh yes. And I want, I sort of want that for work, uh, but I don't know that I will spend the money to get a
0: dedicated game system for one, for one game at work but what a game it is so i i my own homemade arcade cabinet i've had dragon's lair on there for a long time legally Mm -hmm. i might even add so how do you do that i'm sure
1: everything's legal there eric i'm sure it's all legal
0: no no somehow some some are more legal than others but in this case (laughs) so there's an emulator called daphne And that is designed to emulate LaserDisc games. And so you can freely download the ROMs for Dragon's Lair and Space Ace and pretty much every other LaserDisc game you want. The tricky part, of course, is getting the actual laser animated art, right? Well, it just so happens that a while back, they released Space Ace and Dragon's Lair on DVD. You could play it on your DVD player. And so it's the full game. And so... If you have those discs, which I have, uh, you can then rip the animation out of it and bring it all into to Daphne and it will run flawlessly or as flawlessly as you can get an emulator to run. And so That's neat. Uh, it is cool. And it gives you that opportunity to play uh, Dragon's Lair without the uh, 50 cents a pop uh, hit.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I never got very far, so that would be nice. Yeah, I so didn't get all that, that far either. Actually it's interesting. Down in Dallas they have the National Video Game Museum, and one of the video games that you can play there is indeed Dragon's Lair. And so last year I plopped two tokens in and played Dragon's Lair and got a little bit farther than I expected to. But there's a few there's a few scenes that I've just never gotten through. I, I take that back. I got through once on my emulated cabinet. I made it all the way to the end, defeated the dragon, but I had a walkthrough with me the whole way through. <laughs>
1: Mm, Gotcha. Fair. Fair. All right. I think that's enough looking back and our not main topics. First, though, before we go on, I want to let everybody know that, hey, if you're liking this show, Eric and I produce another podcast called Onboard Games. Head over there and check it out. If you go over to inversegenius.com, there's a link there. You can hear us talking about tabletop games of all types at the Onboard Games podcast. Go there and listen to it. Please do. Uh, I've I've been told we don't cross promote our stuff enough. So uh, there you go. Or at all for that matter. Yes, we should. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cool. Well,
0: so so let's go on to our next topics. What do you want to talk about? So uh, my wife and I discovered a book series that we have just completely fallen in love with. The Thursday Murder Uh, Club. So this is written by Richard Osman, who is a British uh, writer, comedian. He was on Taskmaster. He's on, you know, a bunch of other British sort of panel shows like everybody. He's uh, on Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he also, I think he hosts like an IQ type. It's not IQ, but he ho- hosts a quiz show type format show as well. Regardless, mm-hmm. he's written, uh, he's written two. There's a third one coming out very short, shortly in this Thursday murder club. And the concept is this is a retirement village in England, and there are these four uh, retirees who meet in the jigsaw room every Thursday to discuss cold cases, cold murder cases, and they try and solve them. And so uh, it's kind of fun to see these, these pensioners, as it were, going about sort of the invulnerability that old age gives you uh, mm-hmm. in, in doing certain activities and then while they're trying to solve an old murder a new murder happens that they sort of work on trying to solve as well and so it's uh, it, it, it's really well written the murders are very interesting and fun and the characters have some really nice nice depth and it's just fun you know it's kind of how I envision my latter twilight years is Amy and I in a retirement home you know <laughs> solving murders <laughs> Or at least thinking we are. <laughs> you know, we need to start working now
1: to make sure that that homes get set up for wayward gamers that uh, that we can move in and and do that instead of just doing, you know, macrame crafts or whatever.
0: Indeed, so indeed. Could you I imagine? Could see a
1: murder a murder day, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not a murder day, murder solving day.
0: <laughs> it would be fun. But yeah, I, uh, so the the first book is the Thursday Murder Club. Uh, the second one, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Now. Oh, The Man Who Died Twice. That's right. The Man Who Died Twice. And the third one coming out is The Bullet That Missed. Uh, so that should be coming out soon. But uh, Richard Osman does a great job writing them. The characters are interesting. And it, like I said, the the invulnerability of being old and you just kind of go places and people say, oh, you can't go there. And you're just like, whatever. I'm old. You don't have to. You can't stop me. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's kind of fun.
1: Right. And and the police show up and you act like you were in, you know, a little bit old and crazy. Like, Oh, I yeah. didn't know they weren't, they, they, they confused me. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's uh the Thursday murder club, the bullet that missed and what murder. The oh. man who died twice. The, the man who died twice. Okay. That's cool. So do you identify with the characters?
0: Uh, not specifically, although there is one that's very good with spreadsheets and very meticulous, so I do kind of <laughs> do... Uh, the main character is sort of an outsider to this group. Um, she happened to work in a hospital. She was a nurse, and so the group asked her a question about how long you would live after your throat is slashed or something right at the beginning, and that's what sort of draws her into this group. And you kind of find out all about the group themselves, and, and uh, you know, they are four... Four people who normally wouldn't be friends, but because of living in the same area in the same house, they sort of become friends and each brings a unique perspective to what's going on. But well, he's got quite a few books. He's uh, written point- several books
1: about pointless. Is that what his show was? Yeah, it was pointless. A- yeah, 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 yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, <laughs> that's his show. He
1: was a great contestant on, uh, Taskmasters. I, th- I thought he was a lot of fun to have on there.
0: So. I agree. He's very he's very uh, thoughtful, but still fun, right? You know, he doesn't sit there and analyze things to death.
1: And then he throws a shopping cart across the river.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Because you know? <laughs> he's also large and lurch-like, apparently, at least yes. compared to the people in the show.
0: So. And he's almost exactly my age. He was just one month younger than me, or older than me. Excuse me. One month older than me. Oh, okay. Just nice looking at his good reads page. <laughs> you know, speaking of Taskmaster, before we jump into your thing, uh, I noticed that series nine is now on YouTube that you can watch for a long time. That one was missing, and uh, will check long it out, it was put on, but yeah, Amy and I are watching it. There's some fun, fun characters in it, I must say. Huh, I'm all in. I, I probably
1: have to do that. We were trying to watch the uh, New Zealand Taskmaster on YouTube and it completely disappeared Uh, at some point. It's like, (laughs) oh, and tracking what you have seen or what you haven't seen, because if you start watching a playlist, it's not the same as if you just start watching the individual
0: videos. Yeah, yeah. YouTube really needs to work on some sort of interface for that. But uh, Mm -hmm. we've been watching, uh, we watched 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, which was kind of interesting and fun. Uh, Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with that one at all? I've seen 8 out of 10 cats, uh, like two yeah. episodes. This is completely different.
1: And Connie's like, we can watch that, but we'll only watch one episode at a time. And I'm like, okay, never mind. We're not going to do this because if I can't binge it, I've forgotten it.
0: Yeah. So. so 8 out of 10 cats, they just kind of do survey stuff and sort of joke about the survey stuff. And 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. <laughs> they essentially get a whole bunch of letters on the board and have to see which one can make the longest word. But really, that's just the excuse to get all the people there so that they can make jokes you know constantly through the episode while Jimmy Carr hosts it. So <laughs> nice. It's it's kind of fun. And then uh, a couple episodes back, Bruce had mentioned the, the big quiz show at, you know at the end of the year, and so Amy and I just finished watching 2021's Big Quiz show, and, and that again, same thing. Arguably, they're doing a quiz show, but really it's these comedians being able to make funny jokes. Hmm.
1: Well, I probably will not see it unless it magically appears in my feed at some point. And they're like, oh, Eric mentioned this.
0: Well, it is like an hour and a half long. It's a we, we watched it in like three chunks. <laughs> oh, that's a big deal. OK. Yeah. And, and you know, a third of the stuff is very UK specific or half of it is really UK specific. So it's not like you have a chance to guess some of these answers. Yeah. But it's fun. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about some
1: things. And before we talk about some things, I want to say, I don't know anything about any of the people behind these things. Um, I'm hoping that they're all good people, but, you know, with big companies, you just don't know, right? So I want to talk about grocery store chains. Uh, And specifically, yeah, when I lived up in New York, I was exposed to the glory that was Wegmans. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before on this show, but if you've never been to a Wegmans shopping center, Oh, Connie was walking by and she did the heart symbol with her hands. And it wasn't to me. It was to Wegmans. <laughs> Um It had—it was the first shopping center that I ever fell in love with where I didn't feel like, hey, they are carrying high quality merchandise to strip every penny they can out of your pocket. They just had the amazing produce display was just fabulous. Uh, they had a great variety. And then they had a bunch of their store brands were pretty amazing. It was the first time I realized that, oh, store brands don't have to suck. They just sometimes do. Um And I'm looking at you, Publix Crispy Raisin Bran. But, <laughs> but we'll get back to that later. Um uh, <clears throat> So they also have the little food courts in most of the Wegmans that are pretty amazing. So it's got whatever your local specialty is. So like in Pennsylvania, I think it was... Pennsylvania or New York with some sort of wick dip sandwich, which is roast beef on a bun that they would maybe dip in Jew jus, jus, or uh, uh, crab cakes in Maryland or just a variety of, of different things that you would get that was special. And then their pizza was always amazing. And unlike the rotisserie chickens that you would frequently get it. Well, I'm not going to name food line by name or anything, <laughs> but that is always kind of sad and disappointing compared to, well, what you can get at Wegmans. Super amazing. All right. So I would put Wegmans at, high end of premium grocery stores. And I, when we moved from New York down to Maryland, Connie said, we can move there because there's a Wegmans not too far from the house. That's fine. We can go there because they'd made it down to Maryland. When I moved to South Carolina, I was, she was like, we can't move there. There's no Wegmans. I'm like, no, there's no Wegmans, but they've got Piggly Wiggly. Which the big lie was that Piggly Wiggly was as good as as Wegmans. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, my aunt loves Piggly Wiggly. And, and to be fair, she does. So that was not deceitful. Uh, and now the closest thing that we have here to a super high quality grocery store that, oh no, okay, the highest quality we have is the Fresh Market. And they've got all the premium sort of gourmet varieties of this, that, and the other. And it's it's amazing And when I left the grocery store one time, the guy says, look, I fit all that groceries for a hundred bucks into like one or two bags. Isn't that good? And I'm like, no, from a certain (laughs) point of view, (laughs) I can see why this might be good. But for the person paying for it, this is not good. All right. Uh, And then we also have the Publix and the Publix has a pretty neat little bakery section and they have some of the best cakes that I've ever gotten from not an actual bakery bakery. And yes, they're all made by machine. I know it, but they are moist. They are delicious. They're frequently not terribly sweet. And whatever their super chocolatey one, uh, it, could, it could kill a dog outright just by being in the same room. That's how chocolatey <laughs> it is. Uh, and so the Publix is a good grocery store. So you might think, okay, Donald, but what are you actually talking about today? Well, we're going in the other direction, and we're not talking super premium. What we're talking about is, hey, here's a grocery store that's going to get you, if at all possible, the biggest bang for your buck. And let's talk Aldi's, all right?
0: Have you ever been to an Aldi's? Yes, I go there frequently. Now, let me just point out. It's Aldi singular, (laughs) unless you're going to multiple stores.
1: (laughs) Right, but... Okay, that is fair because I have corrected how people say mod podge because or they say mod podge. Going to so the Walmart. <laughs> uh, going to Walmarts. Yeah, the okay. Walmart. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. So Aldi, it, ends, it ends in a vowel. Adding uh-huh. an S is a, an accepted mispronunciation, and I'm going to die on that <laughs> hill. All right. All right. So, yes, Aldi.
0: So, yes, um, a German based grocery store. <laughs>
1: Well, so is Food Lion, right? I mean, they were made by the same people, brothers, yeah. family, or something, and it split up. That
0: is true. That is true. But somehow, um, Aldi followed the higher path than Food Lion. <laughs> or was it Trader Joe's? I don't know. Uh, but
1: anyway, it's, it was, it's from some large food conglomerate. Yeah,
0: Trader Joe's is a whole other thing that I can rant on for a while.
1: But Their chocolate. Oh, my gosh, though. If you need a big block of dark chocolate, their big blocks of dark chocolate are pretty amazing.
0: It, my... My issues with Trader Joe have nothing to do with their quality of food and everything to do with their store layout.
1: The only problem I have with them is their parking lot. I, don't, I, I actually find their store layout del- a delightful experience.
0: Uh, it's nothing but frustration for me. Well, but that has nothing to okay, do with Aldi. Okay, that's
1: fair. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does because the uh, Aldi store layout is as simple as you can get. Uh, the parking lots are big and spacious they they have very limited hours compared to other grocery stores because they apparently respect their people working there um i have i've have never heard a bad experience from you know that was not paid, uh, not uh, customer caused from, from somebody <laughs> working at an aldis
0: i yeah uh, i agree i agree and i will say i mean it's a german there's a lot of germanness in this Uh, the the people working the cash register, working the till, first of all, they get to sit, which I thought is brilliant, which you see in Europe all Mm -hmm. the time, America, I don't know. Anyway, they get to sit, which is fine, but they're also timed on how quickly they check you out. And it's done in such a way that you can look at a line and say, oh, there's four people in this line. And you know, in Walmart, that's a 15 minute journey, (laughs) but in Aldi, that's a five minute journey. They'll, they'll push, push your stuff through quickly. And, and friendly, I might add, not uh, not robotically.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, I had a friend who worked at the Kroger, which was you know one of the stores I liked when I lived in Oklahoma and then I learned better, um, is that uh, they time you in a very militant and angry fashion and make it an incredibly unpleasant experience. The way that they've got the stuff set up at the Aldi where they don't have to bag anything, they don't have to... Uh, you know, they've got a nice long conveyor that uh, there's a lot of room for you to do all of your stuff on. So it's making it easier for the customer to get ready. Um, You know that, that, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm sure it's timed, but it it doesn't seem like it's an angry making timing, like in some of the other grocery stores.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I could be wrong. And and to me, that's kind of the, the way they do things. They're really good at what I would call nudges or not what I call, what are called nudges. Like for instance, they don't have to deal with people not returning carts or sending a person out with that big train thing to grab 47,000 carts and then return it back to the store like Walmart does. Instead, if you want a cart, you have to put a quarter in the machine to get the cart. And then when you're done, you return the cart and you get your quarter back. And so it's just a perfect right. psychological way to, in, in, in all these cases, save money because they don't have to worry about having someone collect carts, but also keep things moving efficiently. Right. And uh, so Eric makes it sound <coughs> like there's a great big vending
1: machine for carts. And that's at least all these I've been to, that's not how it is. They have chains that go from cart to cart and a quarter is the release size that you put in the slot that makes the chain pop off. And so it disassociates it from that uh, caterpillar like yep. chain. Uh, and so that is pretty amazing and the number of times where somebody's like here just take the cart like okay that works fine or give me your quarter you could have my cart <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> also is a thing that i've seen but yep. you know if i see someone who's looking like hey they're a little rough and they're like what is the cart someone like, here just take this cart pass it on to somebody else when you get out uh you know then then they don't care all he does not care what they don't want to have to do is to pay someone to do the potentially boring and or mildly dangerous i mean not hugely dangerous in an industrial setting of going out grabbing all these carts from a parking lot dragging them back in so i imagine that they don't have whatever the insurance would be of hey we're putting a lot of these wire trolleys around a bunch of vehicles and moving them around in all it's a super elegant solution also they don't provide bags if you find a box on the shelf that will fit the stuff that you want that is like an old like hey here's a bunch of pasta you can put that in your cart as well and put your stuff in that to bring it with you or you can bring your own bags but they're not bagging stuff for you you're gonna to have to take it over to this table and uh, basically a large long buffet kind of thing where you're going to assemble your stuff into your own bags but they are speeding you along yep. and once Let's you get it. used to it it's not panic inducing
0: Yes, that is a true statement. I will tell you, I, I had to run into Aldi a few months ago and just grab something. Uh, and it was like at 10 o'clock in the, in the morning. And so I run in, I get myself and I get in line and there's four sets of old people <laughs> that are in line. Mm-hmm. And the checker has everything checked and ready before they have opened their purse to get their their cash out. <laughs> you know And I'm just like mm-hmm. internally screaming. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish we could move forward. But, you know, they're they're getting their bills out and everything. But uh, so be it. But So there's a couple other things about Aldi's. <laughs> and I think yes. you're going to talk about one. Go ahead. Well, my absolute favorite thing about Aldi is that middle aisle. And that is the random stuff we have for sale aisle. <laughs> and it can be the anything. Yeah, the seasonal. It could be anything. We've gotten uh, little cardboard cat houses with scratching pads inside them. We've seen um, pots. We've seen pans. We've seen, oh, I mean, you just name it. It's just whatever Aldi happened to find, you know, foot massagers or I <laughs> uh, can't even think of whatever else. Sprinkler systems, I'm, hoses, tools. <laughs> this is making me think I may have
1: talked about this before, or at least I talked about their Christmas confections before. Uh, mm. Because they have a lot of traditional German confections for sale around the holidays where it's like, Oh, this is like Pfeffer or these are a variety of ginger biscuits with frosting or whatever it is that I like their European sweets a lot more because they're not as sickly sweet as the ones you get here in the U S from other companies. But, Yeah, I got lint balls, the the, the (laughs) little cotton Uh balls that you throw into the dryer um, that will help fluff up your clothes without using fabric softener to put chemicals back onto your clothes after you've washed them. Uh, And, yeah, so that is amazing. But also, if you like dried fruit for whatever reason, the dried fruit prices there are, like, cheaper than Walmart's, I think, on an ounce-by-ounce basis, if I am correct. But it's good quality. So I make Alton Brown's oatmeal for breakfast. I get oh, my steel yeah, cut oats yeah. there. I get the uh, the dried blueberries, and I will make the blueberry oatmeal and put it in the crock pot overnight. And boom, comes home. And they have also pre prepared meal kits, kind of like Hello Fresh or whatever, uh, in back in their refrigerated section. Super amazing. Like that very well. Uh, and you know their store brands are also generally pretty darn good. Uh, some of which are, I'm sure, just like non store brands.
0: Yeah. I really like their uh, peanut butter cups. the 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 peanut butter stuff is really smooth. You know how uh, Reese's, which are great, don't get me wrong, but they're kind of that chunky, sort of almost chalky kind of peanut butter mix in the middle. And then this one with extra almost sugar, like, yes, yeah. And this one it's just like whipped peanut butter. It's it's so delicious.
1: I if we're talking peanut butter, the ones I like are the uh, the peanut butter hockey pucks from Bucky's. Oh yes, Those,
0: the. the, the Beaver, go gopher by, overbites, something like that. Yes, those are yeah, beaver phenomenal. bites or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't find
1: anything that goes wrong. Now, here's a couple of things that, that you'll need to know is that if you're looking for, hey, all the new releases, all the specialty things, I think it's Wednesday morning when I can never get there. <laughs> they put out whatever the thing is. So they have like a beer box or whatever it is that they do at Christmas time or some sort of festive, whatever it is. I never even see that because it's completely gone. All right. But if you're looking to find out what's going on, you, sh- you can go to their website. Their flyers are all good. Their produce uh, looks a bit like a dean and ding and dent section. <laughs> all right. It is not set up with a stylist view to make everything super attractive. And it's not two weeks from being ripe. It is, we've got fruit. If you buy this fruit today, you will be able to eat it today or tomorrow, maybe the next day, but it is going to be ripe and it's going to be delicious. Not like some, I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff that they get that's going to last longer, but, um, don't count on, on everything looking like it was straight out of, uh, I was trying to come up with like a Spielberg movie of the ideal eighties grocery store. You know, um, <laughs> It is great. They have a great variety of cheeses. I made some neat uh, charcuterie boards uh, out of the stuff that I purchased at, at their place. And so you get fancy olives if you want them or various salamis and cheeses or whatever. And you can put it together for a lot less price than, we'll just say, Fresh Market. If you're going to Fresh Market, it's like there'd be a three-time price difference by the time you got to the end of your board. Um, their freezer yeah. section's... Small. Everything's small. That's Everything's the other thing is that the, the, yep. f- the, f- the footprint of the store is pretty small.
0: Yeah, and I so. will point out that the majority of the brands that you're going to see there are the Aldi brand. You're not going to see a ton of um, you know name brands that you would expect to see. It's a lot of it's a lot of the Aldi brands, which are by and large fine, good, enjoy. That's what we eat most of the time. There's a few things like I prefer like Ruffles potato chips to their. Uh, Clancy's, I think is what they are potato chips, yes, but the uh tortilla chips are great, so it's just you know personal preference you'll find what you like and don't like, but it's almost all sort of store brand stuff, but it's good stuff speaking of uh tortilla chips, I generally find
1: the cheaper the tortilla chip, the better, and the more it tastes like a nice corn tortilla chip, then oh, we've got super flavored Doritos or whatever it is. Yeah, I can see that. A heartier corn. Lowe's Foods has a has a good store brand tortilla chips. Um, let's see anything else that we want to talk about. I think that yeah, the that one aisle is the is the showcase thing. Is that's why you go to browse when you don't know what you want. If you're looking for last minute, you know, shopping for someone, you can always find something there that's cool. Um, their pizzas are delicious. I'm gonna make steak or not steak. I'm gonna make stew using you know stuff that i bought from there earlier um in all it's it's a wonderful shopping experience the lines to the cash register are always going to be long but if they get long enough that they're going back up into the aisles if they have another cashier there they will try and open someone some, another one up uh but even and though you're three shopping carts back it's not going to be it's not going to take like sam's club long to get through exactly um Oh, there's no pharmacy section and the width and breadth of choices is pretty small, but you can generally find stuff that you're going to love.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Typically on a uh, eat on a week, my wife will go to Aldi and get the majority of our stuff and then knock out the rest of it at Walmart. Some stuff, Walmart's cheaper. Obviously yeah. a lot of stuff, Aldi's cheaper. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, I will say there's a whole section that Eric doesn't, partake in their (laughs) booze section. Um, Of course, depending on what state you live in, their apple cider that they make is amazing. Uh, A lot of their other alcoholic beverages also very tasty. And I'm sure that some of them are literally poured from the same tap as like Woodchuck or actually this isn't Woodchuck. I forget which brand it is, but you know, you can say tasty. Ah, yes, I know where this came from. It is tasty and delicious. I'm going to drink it. Uh, and save, save money while doing so. So look at that. All right. So I think we're done with the Aldi's talk. Let's talk about something that we have both watched. Oh, before I get to that listeners, let us know what your favorite grocery stores is and the favorite thing that you find while you're there. So yeah, yeah let's let us know that I will say that if you do go to fresh market and they are giving samples of any fruit, you don't have to take, I mean, you want to taste it, but you know, just buy that because it's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, let's talk about something that we have both watched something that is screaming and amazing, uh, and, and kind of interesting, uh, Thor love and thunder
0: and made guns and roses, a lot of money. I'm sure <laughs> a lot more money.
1: <laughs> there was so much music in that, that made me feel old and tired. <laughs> and, and I was like this, none of this is, is my music. It sure played on the radio a lot when I was in high school. Uh, or college, but I really don't care about any, but it was so well used that I thought it worked very well.
0: Yes. Agreed. So what'd you think? Uh, Okay. You know how I just got done talking about how Marvel tends to have a problem with endings and villains or tends to have a problem with villains. Really? They did not have a problem with a villain in this movie. I liked the villain. He played well. I liked his motivation. I kind of liked where he was going. And I liked his... Well, I like the fact that they didn't have to fight him and show how invulnerable he was all the time like they do on all the other villains, right? Right.
1: I will Some of that.
0: Yeah. I will say the first third of the movie felt a little rough. Everyone was pretty much an idiot in those periods. And then once you sort of got on with the story, uh, I think it got a lot better, but I did feel like a lot of idiocy at the beginning. Right. Okay. So here's the deal
1: is that that was a reasonably length movie, like about two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Ish. There was a four hour cut of that movie before they started, of Thor love and thunder before they started and they released it. They cut out a whole bunch of stuff and you could feel huge chunks of stuff missing. All right. Now, Taika Waititi, uh, writer and director has said there will never be a Taika cut because they cut out a lot of that stuff for reasons. And I kind of agree with what he's saying there, but I do expect that we will see extended cuts though. Probably not a full four hour version. Uh, Though they could they could also put all that stuff in and make it into a three-episode series, right? I mean, you could chunk it up and and, mm-hmm. and break it down. Uh, because I think with four hours, you're risking physical harm to people who have drunk their super-large theater beverage. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. No and kidding. are trying not to leave during stuff. Um, and so I think before we get too deep into it, uh, the, the details, I will say, the one flaw that I really noticed or that, that kind of bothered me about the movie... Was that as a system of doing things? Is that while well, Taika Watiti, uh, and I may be pronouncing his name last, wrong, last name wrong, is a great at sort of bringing out poignant little emotive moments, he's also afraid to dwell on those and he will disarm all of them with awkward, ill timed comedy. Yeah, I can see that. All right? Which may also then be amazing. But it sort of feels like he's afraid to commit to feelings. Um, and so, but I think we can get spoilery. We're going to tell everybody, hey guys, we're going to get spoilery and we're going to talk about some of the details. So if you don't want to be spoiled, get out <laughs> and come back and listen to it later. They've already downloaded the episode at this time. We've already got your numbers. You're not hurting us if you go away, but we would <laughs> like you to come back and listen to the rest of what we have to say. Um, and so, five, four, three, two, One goat scream here. Ah!
0: (laughs) Okay. So I liked the goats, right? It was funny, but it also didn't seem like it had the payoff that it needed. I thought. Right. Yeah. I
1: mean, they did have some payoff, but yeah, 100%. And it was a little too much, a little too often, Mm -hmm. but it was hilarious. Yes. Um, I will say one thing that came across to me is that, um, Russell Crowe obviously did not get on the Marvel superhero diet in, in and exercise mm-hmm. regimen before this whole movie because he was <laughs> showing dad bod to the extreme, but he was my favorite character in the entire movie was him playing Zeus. He leapt into that role. He owned it. I'm not a huge Russell Crowe fan, but oh my God, it, it was like, look, he's an actor. You're seeing him have fun in a role and participate in something that that is huge. And it's always fun to see an actor enjoy themselves or torture themselves as in Christian Bale thing. But yeah, you know, that was just so much fun to see
0: him sort of, I get to be the biggest ham in the universe. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. He was a lot of fun. That whole scene was, was, was good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh you,
1: you you wanted to say great but you you correct, course corrected why was I it did, not great let's see if we have the same
0: thoughts on that the, the the concept was kind of and this is okay this is to me the biggest miss of the movie and that is that they have all these gods and they're hanging out in this god party place right and mm-hmm. they are dis associated with their worshipers okay like they joke that one of the offhand joke is oh who had the most sacrifices to him you know you know human sacrifices to him and and so the the ultimate question is uh, are these truly gods or are they just you know powerful beings that use godhood as a as a manner of describing themselves and mm-hmm. that's the core of the whole movie right Like, Thor is a god who cares about the people, and yet the the god butcher's trying to kill him. And they never really explore any of that, right? And so that, to me, was a big missed opportunity.
1: Right. Uh, So that actually was not what I was thinking, though. That's probably a better point than anything I had to say. They didn't explore what a god was, but there were celestials that you could see through the big window up there. that's right. You You could see the watcher up there things who are not gods but who obviously have that scale of power and so it it felt like there was a lot of show and tell with a lot of with not a lot of substance for some of it and it felt like they had first of all if they weren't going to kill the rock guy whose name i just based on korg um if they weren't going to kill korg they had his god there who could have stopped him from dying right they could have made it something besides, Oh, look, I have a face left. So, um, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so, and it would have been easy enough for him to have annoyed the gods. So the God's like, yep. All right. I'm going to keep your life bound to your face, but you've been kind of a jerk. So I'm not going to bring you all the way back to life, but Mm -hmm. you're stuck here. Right. So they could have done all the same jokes, um, and wrapped all of that up. And that's the, the other thing is it just didn't feel like there was any sort of engagement with the other gods. And I wonder if that was part of the, the heritage of, Hey, look, we filmed all of this in a pandemic. None of the gods that we saw who weren't 100% CGI, though most of them were, were even in the same room. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so that was it. And I felt that the core character was way overused. Yeah. Uh, in I the can see that.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> he, he's functioning there so that they have, people to tell and explain things to or be told and explain things. But I agree with you. Yeah. The other Mm. issues that I had with the movie, and again, overall, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, very disappointed in, in how they treated lady Sif. But then again, I was really disappointed with how they treated the warriors three in the previous movie. Um,
1: it was okay. You're correct, but it felt much better than us just never seeing her again, which is what it felt like we were going to get. True. So, um, it felt like she had meaning with what happened.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing is, is is the uh, sidelining of Valkyrie. And I get why they did it for a story purpose, but it seemed oddly forced. Like, you know, she gets hurt. They return back to, to Valhalla or uh, new Asgard. And mm-hmm. from that point forward, she's basically just walking around in a sweater. Like, she didn't apparently have a sucking chest wound like it seemed like, but we needed her to stay there Mm -hmm. so that Jane could go at the end there. So I, I I felt it could have been a little bit stronger, but so be it. Right. I will say. Once again, that could have just been how they presented the, the whole idea
1: that they had. It could have worked. They just, they didn't do that. I thought that the Jane and Valkyrie relationship felt like it was missing a couple of beats. Like sure. It shows them being good friends there at the end, but there was nothing or or when she goes to pick her up and say, Hey, we're going on this adventure, but they, it feels like they edit out chunks of them getting to know each other or, or anything right up front.
0: Agreed. They became Uh, BFFs pretty darn quickly,
1: really, really quick.
0: Uh, I mean, I think this is
1: sort of what I call the Thor two problem. Most of the issues with the movie were not what they put in, but what they didn't put in. So they left out the the relationship that I was talking about. They didn't ever explain how if you have to have Stormbreaker to get to eternity, oh. or whatever it's called, yeah, how yeah, yeah. anybody else ever got there. They didn't explain that. And for and it felt like maybe a better turn on that would have been the they open up the doorway, he opens up the doorway of shadow to I don't know. I mean, there, there's it, it was inconsistent in places. I loved the movie. None of that mattered when I was watching it. It was just thinking on that later, right?
0: Yeah. I, I do remember one more thing that bugged me, and then I'll talk about all the things I <laughs> loved. But the idea of Stormbringer and Millenore being sentient, like pets almost, the way they were kind of being
1: portrayed mm-hmm. in that
0: movie was, was, I thought, a disservice. I did not care
1: for that. Um, So I I understand what you're saying. And I think it may have gone on just long enough to be awkward, which is also something that that the Taika does that a lot. Um, But it felt more like it was all due to his emotional bond with those things Mm -hmm. that, that was sort of manifesting. Right. It's like, why did Mjolnir go to Jane Foster? Because he told it to protect it. Right. So, that's, that's how she got to be Thor and that all made perfect sense yep. um, but uh, I kind of liked it but I also see what you're talking about right I mean I, it didn't bother me. I was like oh this is going on a little long come on let's get back to the special effects but just to see you know um, Thor being awkward is is kind of hilarious to me
0: <laughs> So let's let's talk about uh, Natalie Portman. Just, I yes. thought, knocked it out of the park as Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Uh, the catchphrase mm-hmm. joke, I think, kind of went on a little bit too long as well. But other than that, I but she did nail she it really though. So she did, she yeah. did. <laughs> but uh, I liked it. I was good to see her. I was glad to see that she got a good, um, I don't know, close, closure out of the Marvel universe. Um, well, right when there was
1: so much bad, yeah. bad feelings beforehand. So. Yeah.
0: So good job on her. And and quite, quite frankly, every, every cast member I thought overall was good. It, the, the guardians of the galaxy. I was impressed. I mean, when, when star Lord is your voice of reason, <laughs> and clarity, <laughs> you have to start questioning what's going on in your life. Right. <laughs> right. That, that whole sequence,
1: first of all, it was nice to see star Lord looking a little less doughy than he had yeah. recently. Um, looks like he got himself back into shape. Uh, that that was nice. But that whole sequence felt, I mean, it was a Jean-Claude Van Damme commercial <laughs> put into the middle of a Marvel movie with the same music from when he was on those cars doing the splits between the cars and yep. Thor was doing it between the vehicles. That was, it wasn't a nod at it. It was literally they lifted and that was hilarious. Uh, but it did feel like it sort of went on a little extra long. And as soon as you saw the tower there, you Mm -hmm. knew that Thor was going to destroy all of that. Like that was not surviving. Yeah. But they did a great job at showing, Oh, this is why Thor is powerful again. Let's not forget just how powerful Thor
0: is. Yes. And And they did a good job of, of showing his level of power without having him have to deal with, you know, a Thanos level villain. Because that's the only mm-hmm. thing that can stand up to Thor, right? I mean, they gave they gave the God Butcher a powerful sword, and he was tough enough to you know stay toe to toe with Thor, and that's great. But he wasn't, you know, he just wasn't wantonly evil. He had a goal, and he was setting forth on that goal, and you could follow the. I logic. can't
1: believe you complain about Marvel villains, and then you invoke Thanos, the worst of all of the Marvel villains.
0: Uh so. Uh, That's a different discussion. He definitely personifies all that is wrong with the Marvel villains. But he is... To me, the worst of the Marvel villains are the ones that are either pointlessly invulnerable or an exact copy of the hero, which is what two-thirds of all the Marvel movies have. And I get so tired of Iron Man fighting Iron Man or, you know, everybody fighting Ronan who literally can't be hurt that anytime we get somebody who's at least interesting and unique, then I get a little bit more excited. Ronan who? Ronan, the accuser guardians of the galaxy.
1: Oh yeah. He was not at all like
0: any of the people in the guardians of the galaxy. No, no, but he's invulnerable. He's functionally invulnerable. He could never be touched by anything and and he's only evil because he's the bad guy.
1: (laughs) If you're annoyed by characters, heroes fighting exact copies of themselves, don't watch any season of the flash
0: yeah um, because yeah. they're
1: all speedsters <laughs> don't watch
0: <laughs> no i you know, understand superman
1: I, uh so I I, but i mean you're you are correct but what i liked about say like iron man 2 was just how different whiplash was
0: or whatever his name was yeah yeah whiplash um, absolutely was great but what was the end the end was a bunch of cgi robots fighting each other right <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they did what they could with that, and it was better than it should have been. But yeah, anyway. Um, oh, I had so, a I had a point. Sorry. Um, no, it's gone. It was your you were talking. I had a point. I was trying to wait, and then I got distracted by you
0: mentioning Thanos. <laughs> uh, so right. Um, where were? we? So there we? you go. I, I know that I said a lot of negative things about the movie, but. I did have a lot of fun with it. I did enjoy it. And I've got to say the after credit scene, I was pretty darn satisfied with the, the, no, the wait a minute, one. which, which one where, where Hercules shows up. I didn't like that at all. Okay. And let me tell you um, why I was satisfied I, by it, but but I don't know the actor. I so. have no idea who the actor is, but his character looked like Hercules down to that stupid little club that Hercules carried. In the comic books, that is that was great Clayton club. Bush. I will not have you defame the club. <laughs> the, the club
1: is the club is perfectly designed to be a manifestation of of his phallus, and you know it. That is exactly what it is. He's <laughs> literally beating people down with. Hisself,
0: it's just, uh, it's just not that big. That's my issue with it. It's not big enough.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Oh,
1: ah, oh, ah. Oh. So I will say one of the scenes that I had a little bit of issue with that I thought was amazing. Well done. And I really loved, but I thought was such a huge tonal shift. Another, another whiplash, right? It's like, you've got the creepiest dude in the world with all the shadow monsters, this, that, and the other thing. And Thor creates a child army. Um, and gives them all powers and I don't care how much power those kids have those shadow monsters would have murdered themselves some kids um unless perhaps what's his name um uh, the god butcher uh, because he was so broken up over his child I guess maybe that was it is he wasn't actually ever going to hurt the kids because that wasn't his thing um but yeah converting all of the children into giant warriors to do all the cool stuff but i thought all the special effects and all that fighting was actually pretty well done and i really enjoyed it but when it was happening i was like no this this just isn't right but then it worked so well
0: yeah i can see that now they are asgardian children so i imagine they're supposed to be trained but that was that was clearly the payoff for a joke that was that was set up for a long time you know the little girl with mm-hmm. the bunny and everything you're like okay and I agree with you. Yes. Uh, I mean, from a story point of view, it was there so that Thor didn't have to worry about the shadow monsters and can, can have his one-on-one fight with the God Butcher. Um But yeah, I, I, I agree. Suddenly. Yeah. The, the, the invulnerable child comes into play in the plot where you can't kill a kid unless you just totally want to shock the audience. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I thought that uh, the, the end of the movie where Thor was there, where, they, okay, they did all the fighting, right? They had a cool fight, um, but it didn't feel like so many superhero movies where the final fights just take forever and yes. and they've overdone it. They got through it pretty quick. They showed some neat things. They got to the eternity. portal at the end, Eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, they get through that, and I really need to watch all that part again. But then. It is like, no, you don't have to use your wish to kill all the gods, but if just in case that's what you're doing, I'm going to spend my last moments with my loved one over here, or you could just bring back your daughter, right? And I'm thinking that none of these people are gamers because they don't know how wishes work or how to best (laughs) use them because there's no reason the daughter had to be alone without a dad at all.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. A couple couple points on that. First of all, so excited that they made Eternity look like the comic book character Eternity. Um, I don't really have a you know I don't really care about that character per se, but it's nice that they were able to do it in such a way that that worked well. And then the one question I've always had at the, or always had that I've had at this movie is, what was the God Butcher's wish going to be? Did he change it at the end or was it always about getting his daughter back and everyone just assumed he was going to kill all the gods because he never stated it, right? It was all inference from other people. So I was kind of curious about all of that.
1: (laughs) What I didn't understand was how he learned about eternity and to get the things when he didn't realize what douches gods were at the very beginning, right? He didn't realize what jerks gods were when he first you know, when he first encountered them, how did he learn enough about this eternity thing to say this is where place that I want to get there, right?
0: Yeah. And that's and,
1: a, that's a scene I'm sure that was cut out because he had a scene with Peter Dinklage uh, oh. that was cut from the movie. He gotcha. had a scene with uh uh Cersei from Game of Thrones, whose name I can't remember the actress's name, and that's my bad. But that was cut either because of the movie or because she got sued by her her agents. I don't know. Um, but a lot of cameos were all cut. Uh, and so I expect some of these things to work them way work their way back in with extended cuts
0: and and whatnot. You know, it could become web content for all I know. But, you know. Who knows? But yeah, the idea that you turn it first of all, you get a magic wish if you get to the center of the universe is kind of goofy. But so be it. To be the first person, the first, first person to get there. Yes, like some sort of cosmic contest. And then yeah, your point about how the only way to get to him is through Stormbringer, who let's re- let's face it, didn't exist for until like five or six years ago or maybe it was the rainbow you know heimdall and the rainbow bridge arguably it seems like Mm -hmm. a very unique and specific way to get there but so be it at the end of the day maybe other gods who
1: chose to other gods who chose
0: to stay in eternity
1: maybe they could get you there and that's one of the reasons they weren't leaving could be could be At
0: the end of the day we're talking about norse space vikings so i'm I'm not going to complain too hard about logic (laughs) I just, I like a little internal consistency. That's all. Yeah,
1: that's, that's all. But it was fun enough that I didn't, I did get angry about it. I'm just curious as to why those choices were made. And I, once again, I think a lot of that was left on the cutting room floor. So makes sense to me anyway, Thor, love and thunder. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. We have spoiled everything of interest to you. Um, Oh, oh, one thing I really liked that we didn't mention was that the fractured Mjolnir with all the pieces there. And then when it busted apart and it integrated parts of the necro sword into Mjolnir, when it came back together, mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. looked really cool. Yeah. And how is that going to affect Thor when he's using this corrupting sword built and baked back into his hammer? You know, is
0: this going to have any effect? Is it not? Who knows? Yeah, indeed. Who knows? could be completely forgotten and never spoken of again.
1: <laughs> like we almost did in this podcast. Indeed.
0: <laughs> all right. We'll wrap this up, Eric. That's it. That's all I have. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward. I, you know, honestly, all of the stuff in this Marvel season has been relatively lukewarm. Like I liked two thirds of Dr. Strange. I liked most of what this is. This has probably been my favorite of them. I uh, didn't care much for the other movies. Um, so, Wait, you you only like two-thirds of Doctor Strange? Yeah. So, spoiler alerts. I hated the fact that Wanda was the villain through the entire movie. It just seemed so one-note. And I really was hoping halfway through we would find out that it wasn't really her that was the villain. It was somebody else. Or one of her clones comes in and, and takes over heroing. It just seemed real monotonous the whole way through. So, that was a bit of a disappointment to me. So the only the only way I could see that, and I'm sure there are other ways,
1: but the only way I could see that really working oh, I guess spoilers for Doctor. Strange, but is if they had somehow pulled out the the corrupting influence of the Tharkhold and that became the villain sort of the bad guy. yeah, because yeah. there wasn't room, and I'm so tired of of these movies putting in way too much. It's like, oh, we have five villains or whatever it is. You don't need that. we just need a tight story. And so I appreciated the tightness of the story, but it was obvious. And I've heard this, that he was rewriting the movie as it was going along to try and deal with COVID situations. And I I can't wait until that is no longer an excuse that I'm sort of giving you, you get a COVID pass. Congratulations. You know? Yeah.
0: So. Yep. So, and like Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi was a fine Kung Fu movie. There wasn't anything in particular that was very Marvel about it to me. And the Eternals, I have so many problems with. Okay. I love Shang-Chi.
1: I think that it was supposed to not be a Marvel movie. It was supposed to be a martial arts movie. And that they did it that way to help inform what this is, what the new generation, what we're going to do some new stuff moving forward. Because I don't want the next phase to be the the last phase. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so. Fair enough.
1: Eternals had a lot of problems. Still loved it it was not without its
0: problems. The running joke between Pierce and I is that it's like these celestials were trying to see having bet who could make the least effective on paper team, but still complete their goal. (laughs) We'll make one of them mute and we'll make one of them a a kid forever. And we'll make one that has no real powers. And, you know, it just, there's a lot of lapses of logic in that movie. So, Uh, Alrighty.
1: But enough of that. It's a comic book. It's a comic book. So anyway, loved it all. I may cut that little bit out at the end there. So fair enough to, to, to avoid you sounding cranky or I may leave it in, make everybody (laughs) know that Eric is not always sunshine and happiness, but we've been doing this over an hour. So, uh, Hey everybody, thank you for listening. You like this show, uh, go and find out more about the people who make it over at inverse where you can hear about onboard games Um, and the occasionally but rarely produced party game cast or uh, games and schools library cast which I think still technically exists Um, or this show yeah and head over to Facebook and find us there so anyway I'm Donald
0: I'm Eric and thank you so much for listening bye bye everybody that's it for this episode of the inverse genius podcast the inverse genius podcast is licensed under creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives 3.0 license Thank you.